So it's always been a dream of mine to go to a mission trip. And a couple months ago, I actually had the opportunity to go to Zambia in Africa, in Southern Africa. And it was an amazing trip. Um, it was in Lusaka, and we were stationed at a school, a primary school, which here in the U.S. we call it elementary school. So the kids there were, um, you know, 13 years old, 5 to 13 year old, years old. Um, and so we did construction of the schools. We did painting and construction of the playground. Um, but one of the one of the bigger things we did was we had an Aspire Club with the kids that were in the community, and they came to the school every day uh, for about two weeks. And so, at the beginning of the at the beginning of the trip, we asked the kids, like, "What are you passionate about? What do you aspire to be?" And and so, like, ninety percent of the kids said like something related to a career. Like, people wanted to be the kids wanted to be doctors, they wanted to be engineers, they wanted to be architects, and and you could like you could see like how passionate they were about it. They were like talking about like the buildings and stuff like that. And it was just cool to see what they wanted to be. Um, but there's a big struggle because a lot of the kids didn't even have a chance to go to like primary school or secondary school even. So secondary school is middle school and high school and primary school is, um, that's like elementary school. And so in the U.S., primary school and secondary school are free, but um, there's a cost in Zambia if you want to go to a school like that. And the cost is 30 bucks. And so I think a bit later in the trip, we asked the kids, like, who, who needs help paying for this or who's struggling paying for school? And like 90% of the kids raised their hand. And then, and so we asked like the same question, like who really needs, who really needs help with this? And the same amount of people raised their hands. And the crazy thing is it only costs $30 to get in school for a year. Um, and so that was just a huge perspective change. It's like, if I think about it, I'm a, I'm a college student, but I also have a part-time job uh, doing DoorDash. And and so to get four years of school done there is $120. And if I think about it, that's like if I give a day and a half of earnings there, that will cover a school. That will cover a kid for four years of school. And in most of the kids, it's, it's hard to get even into one year of school. And so it's crazy to think, to think about that and put it like in that light. Um, and so, and also the kids, um, most of their parents, they, they either have a business or, um, you know, so there's a market just outside the school on the main road. And they're like, t there are tons of tables, like, like fifties, like, ton like hundreds of tables out just of like fruit that is so cheap and vegetables that are so cheap. And if you can't get a job, you know, you end up having to make money, um, you know, however you can. And so a lot of these people, they just sell fruit and vegetables. They just sell whatever they can to make money. And they never really have the opportunity to um, do what do what they want. So, um, yeah, this trip, like, it just had a just a crazy impact on me. Just to think that one day of me working can put a kid into school um, for four years and eventually help them be able to do what they want. 
So I'm really grateful for the trip. I'm grateful that um, that I was able to get on it. Um, and one one other thing, like these kids, they it seemed like they were thriving, although they had, you know, this need and like in you know many other needs. It seemed like they were thriving, and like one thing that I noticed was they had like pure fun um, with other people. Like they didn't need a fully developed playground or school um and so i i really learned a lot about relationships there too and so this trip was just great i appreciate it i'm grateful i got to be on it Welcome back. Uh, this is the Road Podcast. My name is Perry Tong. I'm joined with my friend Karin. How are we doing, everybody? Um, and if you're a first-time listener of the Road Podcast, we're a podcast that aims to highlight the travels, the journeys, the experiences of God's people. Uh, in Judges 5, it says, You who ride on white donkeys sitting on your saddle blankets, and you who walk along the road, Consider the voice of the singers at the watering places. They recite the victories of the Lord, the victories of his villages and villagers in Israel. If you're just joining us this week, um, then I encourage you to go back and listen to our second episode. We interviewed our good friend Anthony County. He gave a great story um, about his life, about growing up, and how his family. Uh, was displaced by Hurricane Katrina, but also how God used that uh, tragedy to bring him to Lawrence, Kansas, and to shape his own relationship with God. Um, The first episode that we had, it was Karn and I introducing our project here, The Road Podcast. Um, We're appreciative of all the comments, the messages, everybody reaching out, um, whether it's uh, words of encouragement or advice. You know, we always appreciate that, right, Karin? Yes, sir. Yeah, that constructive advice. We love that. So if you notice anything in the past couple episodes or in this one, we appreciate it. Today we have a, a special treat for you guys. Uh, that guy giving a story about his recent trip to Zambia was Marty Lewandowski. Um Marty is a campus student here at the University of Kansas. He's in our campus ministry, and he is in the architecture school, right, Marty? Yep, that's right. Yeah, so Marty is Marty uh, has a lot of responsibilities. Architects have a lot of responsibilities. Um, I'm a psychology student, Marty, so mm-hmm. I can only relate to you a little bit. Um, but I appreciate you sharing that story, bro. Um Gosh, that that's gotta be such a such a such a wake up call in a sense because I mean listening to you share, it really makes you evaluate 
the things that God has put in your life, the blessings that you have in your life, being able to get through school, mm-hmm. uh, being a being a family that supports your academics, um, and who also has the means and resources to do so. Uh, honestly, man, when you're when you were saying that, um, it made me think about my own academic life and how I can easily take that for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I don't know, bro, is that something that you also felt kind of when you were over there? Like, did you feel like, man, like I kind of take my own academics for granted or was there something else there? Yeah, no, totally. Um, and I think the biggest thing was like, I even take, I'm in college right now and I take that for granted. Um, like how I have such an opportunity to pay for college and how primary school and secondary school, they're like, they're essential schools where you learn like writing and grammar and vocab. And you really learn like the basic like parts of communication in those schools. And so like I'm here to hone on a skill, which is architect, um, but they are struggling to get through like to get through essential schooling in a sense. So. Sure. So, I don't know, Karin, were you, do you have any takeaways, I guess, right off the bat? Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that you brought up that was really interesting to me uh, was you say uh, that these, these kids in Zambia, their dreams are, are, these, are these careers that are, uh, you know, really highly valued in our society, like doctor, um, architect, engineer. Um, you know, somewhat could be somewhat similar to the United States, but I, I think in the United States growing up, I think uh, all the kids shows highlighted uh, dreaming to be the, these careers that are a little bit harder to attain that are kind of more strictly on the dream scale, like mm-hmm. astronaut, um, you know, things like that, uh, you know, doctors in there and stuff like that. But then you, you, you get some ridiculous stuff that's thrown in there as well that, that yeah. doesn't make sense. Like, oh, I don't want to be... I don't know, storm chaser or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kids think nowadays. But uh, my point is, I think in the U.S., with all the kids shows and stuff, uh, there's like a higher, like more dreaming for these things. And then, you know, we go to college and you could still be an architect and stuff like that. But it doesn't I don't encounter a lot of kids in the U.S. that say I want to be an architect. Yeah. Um, maybe some say I want to be a doctor, but I don't I don't encounter the I want to be an engineer and architect. But you say in Zambia, these kids like know these careers, they attain, they desire these careers. Uh, and there's kind of it seems like a little bit of a split there. Um, why do you think that is? Like, did you find that interesting? Do you kind of see where I'm coming from with that? Yeah, no, I, I definitely found it interesting. And I think I think the biggest reason why there's a gap there is because like an architect or an engineer is more of a dream in those places mm-hmm. because it's so much harder to to be to go into college and like chase after being an architect being a doctor um it's more of a dream to them and i think that's why they kind of lean towards that um and also like these kids are are you know smart too just like kids in the US and so they they're passionate about what's around them and so, like, buildings are all around them. There's, you know, there's everything around them that um, they just look towards. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. Um, so it seems like your worldview 
kind of uh, kind of changed. I know this this isn't your first trip. If uh, to our listeners out there, if you don't know, you know Marty does serve with uh, this organization uh, that is closely affiliated with our church called Hope Worldwide, uh, and they do a lot of charitable trips to uh, places outside the U.S., even in the U.S., uh, that just need help, uh, that just need a simple hand out there uh, to give to them directly. Uh, so Marty's been, this isn't his first trip. Uh, I think you've been to Mexico, yep. right? Yeah. Anywhere else? Uh, no. Okay. So I think going to Mexico and also now going to Zambia, how has your worldview kind of changed or maybe matured or grown? Yeah, good question. Uh, I Firstly, I think both in Mexico and in Zambia, there were tons of needs to be met. In Mexico, we built houses, um, or we built a house for um, a family. And, uh, but the biggest thing, we both, we both worked with kids and hung out with kids on both the trips. And the biggest thing was, like, they had so much joy, even though they didn't have what we would consider as needs. And I think, I th- this ma- it made me think about this, like, um, it made me think about like if the more you have almost the less grateful you can be or the easier it is to be less grateful they had just um a lot of relationships with other people and that's how they found their joy and so it makes me think like if i want more of a fulfilling life it may not be like gaining more possessions or all this it may just be having deeper relationships so yeah that's good bro like Honestly, uh, I feel a little bit bad because right before we started, we did this, you know, I, I went back home and my Apple watch just got, got to delivered to me. And I'm like, now we're, we're sitting here, we're talking about this. And I'm thinking, I'm like, dang, like, I don't even know if like Apple watch, like might not even exist, like yeah. in that part of the world. So, yeah. uh, it, I think you're totally right. Like the more, uh, possessions, I mean, scripture backs it up too. Like the more possessions, like. It's, it's easy to lose yourself in that way. Well, I'm sure it exists, but it probably just isn't some of it is um, just some of that's consistent in that culture like yeah. it is here in the United States. Uh, since we're talking about worldview changes, how like you said you said that it's this kind of it's this perspective that more doesn't always equate to more happiness. Mm-hmm. And but actually, it's the inverse. Less equals equate to more happy. Equates to more happiness, or less equals more happiness. How is that contrary to maybe some of your um, prior beliefs, or maybe how you grew up? Uh, is that does that conflict with maybe your worldview up until maybe becoming an adult? Yeah, yeah. Good question. Um, yeah, I think growing up. It was definitely, I was definitely uh, one of those kids where it's like, um, like, I don't want people to judge me. I want, um, so in order to not have that happen, I would be the best self, which was like, I'm, you know, I want to be good at wrestling. I want to be good at school and stuff like that. And in a sense, that's like having more that doesn't necessarily equate to happiness, but that's what I thought. So so I would be this almost perfect kid on the outside, but I didn't feel that way. And so I started studying the Bible with Randy Ware. He is in the KC Church right now. Um, 
And I started studying the Bible with him right before I came to college. And coming into college was this crazy experience of like, um, just like rapid like relationship building. And, and I felt like no judgment there too. And so like I, my joy just increased. Um, I got to see, it really showed me God's love through others. Um, and so it was just really cool because like well, growing up, I had this thought of like, you know, the better I am at this or the better skills I have, the more, the more happiness I can get from it. And so it just completely changed coming into college. That's awesome, man. And so it's really, it's really profound. Um, something Karin mentioned earlier was that you've been on numerous mission trips. Mm-hmm. When did, when did you go on your first one? The first one was in the summer of 2019. So I would have just been going senior year in high school. Okay, so is that a, I mean, is our are, are mission trips, is this something that's been uh, a concept that you've always wanted to go on? Uh, honestly, no. I mean, my sister, so the Mexico mission trip was awesome. My sister and my brother both went, and my best friend also went. Okay. So, so yeah, so, uh, no, I would say no. My sister was going, and it was like a month before deadlines, and she, like, tugged me along, and I just thought about the cost. I mean, it was like $1,000 plus. Sure. Like, not even just for the flight. So, mm-hmm. um, to answer your question, no. Okay, and so what, what happened on, did something happen on that first mission trip that changed your perspective towards serving in that capacity yeah i think um the first thing was that was like the first time i really saw like disciples like real disciples who were wanting to give um, the other people who were on the trip really just their heart to give and how they also had so much joy just giving and it wasn't about themselves it wasn't like i'm going to give to increase my joy they just they just wanted to give and the kids they wanted to give too. And it was like, it was just a crazy experience. Um, and it really, it really helped me grow in being a disciple. And I wasn't a disciple then. So um, it really helped me want to see God. And then the second trip was just more of the same thing. Um, and so I just got curious, like, why do these people want to give so much, you know, like what's, you know, so. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. um, and so it sounds like you've been on this, you've been on this journey of not just going to different places and serving different people, but also realizing why you want to do that in the first place. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of people have, are, or have different reasons as to why they want to serve underserved communities. Um, and I think that, like, in the way that people are unique, I think the reasons for wanting to do things are also unique. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. What What's the reason that you want to serve underserved communities? What's your reason? My reason? Um, I think, well, well, going back to both of the trips, the first one wasn't necessarily I want to serve um, others who 
you know, in a world you don't have as much as me. Um, so I think to answer your question, the reason why I I wanted to go on the second trip was was honestly because like the relationships were the needs in those places. Um, like when you think about it, all you need really is God. And so the people who don't have as much, their needs, yeah, it may be um, a school to help them, you know, learn writing and English. But like one of the biggest needs, like they, a lot of the kids have broken families and stuff like that. And the needs that, um, that are really there are relationships, godly relationships. And so being able to give that to the kids, um, they just find so much more in that. And I find so much more in that too. So. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, uh, really interesting. Um, you know, kind of still honing in on the why, um, you know, I, I'm curious about, we talked a little bit about the how, right? Like your, you know, your sister kind of tugged you along mm-hmm. <laughs> your words uh, yeah. on the trip. Uh, growing up, you know, for those of you who don't know, you know, Marty, Marty did grow up in our family of churches in Kansas City. Uh, was, was this like kind of a value that was like instilled in your family? Uh, did like even your mom and dad go out on trips like this, like on service trips? And was it, was it something that was really honed in on? Uh, no, my parents, um, I was actually just talking with my mom about this. She's wanting to go on a trip, but no, my parents never, uh, they never have. I think my sister went on one trip before we went on this trip to, she went to Alaska. So no, it was kind of like a jump. Like, I don't know what this is going to look like, but yeah. 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 And I, I asked this because, you know, something I've noticed, um, is that, a lot of uh, people that go on these on these trips are are kids that have grown up in in the church, uh, and I'm 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 noticing that this is a pattern, uh, and it's a good pattern. But I, I I was just curious, like, is is there just something about growing up in the church, maybe going through uh, the teen ministry as a teenager, that just instilled this value uh, in you? Uh, because it, it's a bit rarer in my eyes to see it. Uh, in uh, like me uh, and other people that get uh, converted in college Uh, that's not a horrible thing I'm not saying it's a bad thing but I'm I'm saying there's like that's a pattern that I've noticed and I don't know if you see it too or have a theory Mm -hmm. on why it's a pattern Mm -hmm. yeah I think the biggest thing is honestly growing up in the church um, like all you see is the religion part you don't see um, really anything else because you're still developing for yourself high school has an effect on that and how other people behave um but growing up it's like you know why are people doing this um like your parents are kind of pushing you to read the bible and stuff like that but you don't know why you haven't thought about um god yourself and you haven't thought about stuff like that um and so i think the biggest quality of god isn't uh like for us to um you know, listen to him and for us to follow his commandments. Um, and growing up, I think I always thought of, okay, I'm under God's ruling. I, you know, follow his commandments. That's how I'm a Christian. That's how I go to heaven and stuff like that. But the biggest change was when I went from that to, oh, like being with God is a relationship. It's not like a, 
being under him. It's not like a ruling. And so um, the biggest thing, like I think, that um, kind of convicted me was like the change that, um, you know, it's a relationship. And so the kids who, you know, don't have that sort of relationship, it's so important for them. Uh, I don't know if other kingdom kids can agree with me, but yeah, just the change that like, you don't necessarily know why, what relationship or what a religion is, why religion is this and stuff like that until you realize that, you know, this is just a relation, an intimate relationship with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally, I can see that. Yeah, I think even growing up, uh, I didn't grow up in the church, but like growing up going to a temple, like developing your why is definitely the challenge because you go throughout life until you're a teenager. And I think, you know, for when you're a teenager, you start thinking for yourself a lot more mm-hmm. and start getting introduced to all these uh, ideas and the world. Uh, and it's really about developing your own why. It's no longer mom and dad's why or grandpa and grandma's why. It's it's it's, it's your own. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I totally see where you're coming from with that. And, uh, yeah, I totally see that point. That's awesome, man. Um, and, I, yeah, I can, I can kind of relate to you. I think even in my own uh, discipleship or my own growth in Christianity, uh there, there is something, there's something different about approaching God in the way that you would in a relationship than if he was mm-hmm. just somebody who we're supposed to worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something profound about that. That's something also that you mentioned, especially in terms of how you serve these communities and how you go on these mission trips. I, I'm interested, how has your relationship with God changed as you've gone on these mission trips? Maybe one or two ways. Yeah. Um, I think I think the first thing, like, um, yeah, I think the first thing was just my relationship with God became more of a, um, not necessarily like how do I do His will, because when you don't have a relationship with God, it's like a... Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly. That's a good question. It's kind of stumping me. But, uh, but yeah, um, do you mind sharing that again? What, what was the question? How has your relationship with God changed or grown throughout your, your mission trips? Mm. Number one, it definitely became more um, personal. I think seeing, like, well, number one, seeing the different cultures and communities around the world it's like this isn't um like this isn't just a u.s like world like there are there are people all around of different colors who are completely different in character who have completely different cultures and so it really helped my view of like like god is so personal to me um i look around and see a lot of people like me um, but when I go out to those other places, it's like, it's like when I build my relationship with God, um, I don't know how to, how to explain it really, but it just becomes more personal because it's like God's on this journey with me. Um, I have a relationship with him. Um, so maybe it's, you can see that God, a relationship with God wasn't just meant for you, but you can oh, see the potential definitely. for all these different people. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that that's a pretty good uh that's a pretty good point there. 
Sure. Cool, man. Very interesting. Um, yeah, I think so. You know, maybe shifting gears a little bit. Uh, I know you uh, a little a little bit. You know, we we were in Kansas City together, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just curious. I, I remember we were, we were on a car ride together, and you were you were debating, where do I want to go to college? And you told me that you wanted to go to Oklahoma. And I started talking you a little bit out of it <laughs> and yeah. and uh, and tried to talk you into coming to KU. And now you're here. Uh, so, you Karin's know, taking credit for you. coming. No, to no, KU. no, no, yes, no, 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 no. The decision was your own and the decision is right. entirely your own. Um, but, you know, what kind of factored into that decision uh, for yourself, like you know, I know there was a weight and there was a cost you had to count, and mm-hmm. there was a cost you had to give up, and you could you could share that if you want. Um, but what factored into that decision for you? Um, well, number one, KU had a great engineering school, which I'm no longer in engineering, so there's that. But um, <laughs> but it was really just the so I went to I think one or two devos at KU, and that's what really pulled me in just. Everyone was so welcoming and close, uh, close with each other, um, and so united with each other. And it was like, I just don't feel like any judgment here. I can really be who God made me to be, and so um, that just really, that just really pulled me in, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. that definitely outweighs. You, even looking back right now, that definitely outweighs the cost you gave up for going to Oklahoma. Oh, definitely. Right. Yeah. That's cool, man. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Amen. So as we're wrapping up, um, this has kind of been a theme throughout uh, this uh, production today that Marty is just a, a, a service-inspired person, <laughs> um, which which kind of goes against the grain, especially when we start to think about people who are 20 years old in a world in the United States today. Um, of course, there are other people that have a heart to serve and to um, give themselves in a way that calls for sacrifice to underserved communities, but it's definitely not the norm. And so, too kind, Marty. I think being a twenty-year-old—you're twenty, right? Yep. Yeah, being twenty years old. Uh, where do you see yourself when it comes to? serving on mission trips or, you know, going and helping serve underserved communities, where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? Um, I honestly don't know. I mean, I definitely had a great experience in Mexico, great experience in Zambia. Those are both great options, but it could be here in Kansas. I really couldn't tell you. Um, But yeah, all are, you know, anywhere, honestly. Are there more mission trips in the future for Marty Lewandowski? Hopefully Philippines next year. Okay. We'll have to see. But Cool, cool. That's awesome, man. Well, for those of you tuning in, uh, Marty, Karn, and I really appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully you were able to, one, get to know Marty better uh, throughout the last uh, few minutes or so. But also, um, a big part of walking on the road is not only hearing the songs of the victories of those who follow God, but also being able to see yourself in them. 
And so uh, I think Karn and I, we, we love to do this podcast because hopefully anybody listening, they can not only hear the stories of the people that we have on here, but they can see themselves in that and they can relate to that and they can see that there is a, a great spectrum of ways that people can um, serve and be used by God in the world today. So, Marty, thanks for coming on again, bro. Thank uh, you. Really appreciate it. And this is going to be our third episode here of the Road Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at road.podcast. Uh, we are available on all streaming platforms. And you can also reach out to Karin or I or Marty if you have any questions or encouragement. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.